Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. We have a good time on this one for the WGC HSBC 2019 event from Shanghai, China. Me and Pat are going to break down all the action, tell you about the golf course, our key stats, our favorite plays, the guys we don't like, and a couple of sleepers. We're going to talk DraftKings, FanDuel, we're going to talk golf betting, outright bets. I'm even going to give you a few bets that I like for the Bermuda Championship, the alternate event going on as well. This is a fun episode. At the end, we're going to make a pretty big announcement. One of the first, uh, it is the first time we've spoken about something that's going down with the Tour Junkies at the very end. we got a new segment going on called In Real Life, where me and Pat talk about what's going on in our real lives, including Pat nearly got into a fight, and he did get into a verbal altercation with a coach at a eight-year-old baseball game just 30 minutes before we recorded the podcast. He tells us all about that. It's a great time. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Go on and bet MyBookie.ag. Use promo code TOURJUNKIES when you sign up. You'll get a 100% deposit bonus on any deposit up to $1,000. And they always take good care of you if you're a Tour Junkies listener. There's over six, 700 of you guys doing that now. And uh, it's uh, it's been a good time. So we would appreciate it. The NFL is back. You can go ahead and bet on the NFL. And the PGA Tour offerings next year are going to be amazing. So check it out, mybookie.ag, promo code Tour Junkies, and enjoy the podcast. What's going on, Golf Addicts? DB here of the Tour Junkies, and uh, it's the WGC HSBCC from Xishan, China, with a lot of C's and a lot of she's and a, a lot, lot of shans. C's there, yeah. And it's a great week to bet on some golf, and that's what we're here to help you do. Uh, I'm in a good mood tonight. Pat Perry, my co-host, is having. I think we got a little grumpy Pat action. Uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous about Pat tonight. Uh, I have a feeling that things could get a little iffy, but we're gonna have a good time tonight. He, apparently, he's got a great story for us. Um, you almost got into a fight at a uh, youth baseball game earlier this evening, right before you came on. Actually, um, it was practice. It was just practice. <laughs> okay, we talking about practice. <laughs> we talking um, about practice. <laughs> Okay, well, can't wait to hear that story. I myself haven't heard it. It's fresh off the presses. Uh, we're obviously going to talk a little bit about Tiger and the fact that he won a Dyson Bladeless fan. We're going to talk about, um, we got a new segment tonight that we're rolling out. You know, we've been, we've been rolling out these new segments gradually here, and we're going to roll out a new one tonight. It is called In Real Life, where Pat and I are, for whatever reason, this is a listener request, actually. We're just going to tell you what's going on with us in real life. Maybe a little bit of uh, a bleed over from Pontificate with Pat that you get on the Chalk Bomb emails every week. It's going to be a fun show. We're going to have a good time, um, but of course we're going to hit the we're going to hit the the WGC. It's a big event, you know. You got a decent field, and uh, we're going to give you our DraftKings picks for that, our uh, betting picks for that, fades, sleepers, all that good stuff. And uh, I do have some picks for the alternate event, Pat. The Bermuda being played at a brand new golf course, brand new alternate field event i've got some betting picks for that just a few that we'll go over and uh try to get you, uh, get everybody some green screens and get a little money get a little money made this week you good bud um, yeah i'm all about that. what you drinking um, what you what's the podcast use uh a little um little tito's with uh no free ads one of these little things lemonade flavored so okay Okay. Keep, keeping it easy. You know, these days with baseball going on, which is typically on Monday nights, and I'll get into some baseball talk later, uh, I'm a little rushed. A little rushed. I got admitted in the fall heading into uh, some of the with some of the, the shows. 
And so I don't have a whole lot of time to get anything real fancy going. So if I can just splash this with some Tito's, that's all I need. So. Okay. Yep. I'm back to my. Uh, I'm actually still drinking that that uh, stateside vodka that our boy Bill Brower delivered, uh, and it is very very smooth. And I can I can feel the lack of glutens, um, sugars, and carbs, and whatever kosher means. I can feel all of that in this in this beverage. It's great. Very refreshing. Well, let me tell you this, going back to uh, the beverage of choice, um, was it last week when you were talking, or two weeks ago, you were talking about uh, the vino you were liking, the, the, yes, the blend, Cooper, Cooper, Cooper and, and Thief. Uh, yes, Cooper and Thief. You got an expensive taste there. That I mean, that's not cheap, you know? I mean, I mean what would you expect? Would you expect anything different? I'm just saying. I, I, it's, I haven't tried it yet, but I do want to try it. It's very good. It looks good. Uh, we, did, we did have a listener tweet us that they, they got it and they really enjoyed it. So, um, You know, if our golf advice sucks, which last week it did, it, hopefully our alcoholic beverage advice is worth worth its its weight and salt. Yeah. You know, maybe it's worth a listen. Hey, Hideki um, was okay. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you weren't big on I, I, At least yeah. I got that one right. Yeah, the Tiger fade didn't really pan out the whole too well. We'll, we'll no. you know. Hey, um... You know what else we got? You know, we're getting people into into alcohol, which is great. You know, uh, I didn't tell you, I haven't told you this, but I got a, I got a phone call from a friend of ours about twenty minutes before the show, Pat, uh, Mr. Lawrence Tynes, two time. Oh, you got a call! Wow, two time Super Bowl winning kicker for the New York Giants. Uh, LT called me and uh, we talked a little bit. You know, and he said he just listened to the interview that we did with Sebastian Kaplan, which if you've not listened to, you need to go and listen to that. Uh, he said he just finished listening to it and he goes, you know what? I could get into this whole podcast thing. Like, this is actually pretty fun. I, I never really understood what people do listening to this thing, but I just, you know, I had to drop my kids off at soccer practice. I didn't want to sit in the parking lot, so I said, you know what, I'm just going to drive around in my truck and listen to the podcast, the Tour Junkies boys. So I figured it out, and I really enjoyed it. I'm like, Lawrence, you've been on the podcast before. How are, <laughs> you, didn't, your first... you didn't even listen to himself. No, he was like, he was like well, I, I, don't, I don't really drive a whole lot. I'm not in my car a lot, but I get why people really like this thing. Like, it was a lot. It was entertaining. I really enjoyed it, boys. Thank you. And I was like, LT, no, thank you for interrupting my dinner and telling me that. I, there's no one I would rather have yeah. call me. And then I got to go back to the table and say, I'm sorry, y'all. When a Super Bowl winner calls you, you just have to, you, you have to answer. And my, my boys were like, what? And did then I was comment, like, oh, he's a kicker. Did you comment about his teeth? Did you, I did. did you I told you had amazing your whole, teeth. Yeah, I told your their whole family after the call. Did you say, let me tell you something. The only thing I got out of that call, besides the fact that he's listened to a pod, is that I need you all to know about teeth and white teeth and how good it is to have white teeth. Yeah. Did you talk to them about that? Huh, I failed to mention that one. Uh, okay. Anyway. All right. Well, that's good. an inside joke for the listeners. I drunk dialed Lawrence Tynes when I was uh, at our fantasy football draft. I, actually, I drunk FaceTimed him. And apparently, just uh, at midnight, felt like telling him that him and his wife had amazing teeth, and they really do. They have great teeth. The but. funny little part about that too is the fact that we banned uh, kickers from the so so not <laughs> only did year. we ban the first kick, year. yeah not only had we banned kickers from being um, you know you know being in the league or not in the league but you know you couldn't you couldn't choose pick kickers no more kickers you actually called a kicker for advice which is just <laughs> you know I don't know. Did you tell him that, by the way, that you, you didn't allow kickers in your Absolutely league? Absolutely not. I would never tell him that. I would never tell okay. him that. Well, he's now listening, so he probably knows now. He probably now listen to this one. He won't listen to this one. Um, all right, Pat, let's get to the course breakdown. We don't want to delay this any longer. We'll have people going, Well, yeah. you guys start the course breakdown earlier. They don't have to skip. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so let's go ahead and talk the WGC HSBC Championship. This is now three weeks in a row where we have a no-cut event. 78 players in Shanghai, China at Shishan International Golf Club. This is, by the way, one of the most... Shishan, whatever. I like... Okay, Shishan, one of the most exclusive clubs, by the way, in China. Very exclusive. Par 72, 7,264 yards, give or take a yard. Uh, bent grass greens again this week that are going to be running super quick and they're very undulating. Um, so I think that's important to know. These are these are good greens. They're they're very uh, they're pure. So I'm going to be definitely looking at, at guys that can putt well on bent grass greens. You know the course really itself is not that difficult. I mean it's kind of all right there in front of you. Your typical par 72. You got four par fives. They play 550, 603. 563 and 538 yards. So three of those par fives are gettable for almost everybody in the field for the most part. Uh, so I think par five scoring is going to be something that's going to be key. Um, you got just wide sort of tree line fairways. The rough isn't all that penal. Um, so it does lend itself to bombers doing, you know, playing pretty well here. You've seen that in the past with the champions. But, I, I you know, I don't know. There's some of these guys that, you know, that, that have played well aren't all bombers, but I do think it definitely lends itself to that because you also have a drivable par four, which is the 16th hole. So another guy, another hole that these these guys can get after if they have some length. Um, you know, as far as around the greens here, you do have some kind of steep runoffs. Definitely some good bunkering around these greens. Um, the weather can be a factor here when when this course is played hard, but I looked at it real quick and it's perfect. I mean, it's literally perfect. No wind right now, so the no weather typhoons. Not, no typhoons. No typhoons. I think it's going to be it. just an absolute perfect week. So I, you you want to look at the guys that are you know hitting it hitting the ball well. They're ball striking fools right now. It, we did we do have some good course history here dating back to 2013 when DJ won. Uh, they played here, so uh, you had DJ. Well, we'll get back. We'll start with Xander one last year. He had Justin Rose in 2017, Hideki in 2016, Russell Knox in 2015, and then Bubba back in 2014. So um, I don't know. Not a whole lot special about this course. I just think it's it's just it's it's a good course. Um, but I'm definitely weighing the guys who've got good history here, who are in good form and putting well on bent grass greens. And giving themselves opportunities. Opportunities gained, I think, is going to be an important stat this week. Uh, one of those fantasy national stats that I love to look at. And then I mentioned par 5 scoring. So that's it. That's all I've got for Shishan International Golf Club. Bang. Bum. I like it, Pat. I like it, Pat. Very well done. Succinct and effective. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bombers. It's a bombers track. You know, you had Russell Knox, which was kind of an outlier. Other than that, this place is built for the long ball. Uh, again, one of my favorite quotes to come out of the fall season so far is you, and that is to bomb this course all over the place. <laughs> I think that is exactly I, what our boys are going to do. I do think what's funny is doing some research. I noticed was it when Bubba won in 2014 that Tim Clark was in the playoff with him, or like yes, like yes. So like that was I was like. That is like, you couldn't have two more opposite style no. golfers, but I think when you really, if you just want to look at it in general, that was probably an outlier here. Uh, I think that uh, yeah. it, it, it's certainly, yeah, I think this is, this is definitely I a I think you outdrive Tim Clark. I think you could probably. I probably do. 
Hey, I Pat, by did. the way, I gotta say, you look very clear tonight. This is good. I, I'm not seeing any pixelation. You don't look like uh, like Wreck-It Ralph when he got unplugged or something. Like You look good, man. You look really good. Yeah, I appreciate it. You got a new Bad Birdie shirt, by the way. I, I noticed that. This looks good, dude. I got a lot of compliments on this shirt today. Lots of compliments on this shirt. Yeah. I'm um, rocking a little Augusta brand 1736. To, rep and Charles uh, to, Kelly. Rep and Charles yeah. Kelly's brand. That's his brand. Great right. podcast, by the way. We did an interview mm-hmm. with him just a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Need to go listen to that. 100%. Um, so, yeah, I don't have anything to add. I mean, the Bombers, you mentioned that drivable par 4 as well as the four par 5s. It's kind of like, man, you know, make your money on those holes. Get by with par, you know, the occasional birdie on the others. And let's move on. Uh, so I'm definitely agreeing with you. I'm looking at strokes gained off the tee, especially bombers. Um, mm-hmm. Your aggressive scores, guys who hit greens in regulation on a regular basis, opportunities gained. You mentioned that. I love it. Uh, strokes gained approach. Yep. And then uh, looking at the last hundred rounds, bent grass putters. Uh, I, I still uh, that that's kind of my move in terms of stats. But you know, here's what we're learning, uh, and I learned it the hard way last week because apparently I totally misread a lot of uh, a lot of ownership issues and so oh no you know what i did last week remember this remember this text i sent you on wednesday night i had a very busy wednesday and literally at six i got like a periscope notification at like six fifty-eight p.m eastern and it was like tiger on the on the range getting ready for round one and i'm like crap i had all my dummy lineups i had not changed my dummy mm. lineup because i wasn't used to the time and i would go in the kitchen i start trying to ch- i got one lineup changed that's it so I just got kicked in the dick all all weekend long. So the dummy lineup did not work out. Lesson to the kids, you know, don't do that. Just remember this Asia thing is really messing me up. They're a whole day ahead of us. Um, so anyway, I didn't do so well. But I, I think, man, you got to have some ownership leverage. I mean, Tiger was like on average, I think, 11% owned last week. Hideki was around 15, you know, so he was, he was a, a little chalky. M. So your perfect lineup would have been Tiger, Hideki, Sung J.M., Billy Horschel, Ryan Palmer, and Keegan Bradley. Uh, basically, Decky and M were the, the more chalky plays, and other than that, you know, it was all some good pivots there. So uh, I'm looking – I mean, ownership's got to be key if you're playing in tournaments. In terms of betting, I'm doing similar to what I did last week. A lot of guys in, the, in that mid-range. I'd rather have some more exposure to those guys. Um, but I, I do have a couple long shots that I, I want to look at as well. So I'm with you. I, I will say, though, this 9K and above range as we start there on DraftKings, Pat, I cannot – I mean, it's first of all, it's very hard to fade somebody in this range. This is a, this is a pretty is. strong it top is. tier. Um, I, I, I have seven names written down, and I, I literally don't care. I, I guess at this point I'm just going to say pick the – if I have to pick three, I'm going to pick the three that come in the lowest owned. That's that's all. I, who are your guys? Have you nailed down your your three in the nine k range? I have. I have. Who you got? So I'll start at the top. I mean, I I like Rory this week. I mean, the guy is. I mean, absolutely fits this course well. I mean, he's obviously an incredible driver of the golf ball. Um, you know, he's going to fit all the stat categories that you're looking at as far as strokes gained off the tee, greens and regulation. I mean, he's got. Um, it's it's not a well. Last year he didn't did not play well on this course, but I'm okay with that. He finished T4 in 2017. He was T11 in 2016. Uh, kind of backdoored into it. Is he like the backdoor king when it comes to a good finish? Um, with this T3 
last week at the Zozo Championship. Like, I mean, I really did. I don't think I watched, a, I guess, a fair amount of coverage of it, and I never really, I don't know, recall seeing many shots that he hit. Maybe, maybe I just tuned in at the wrong times because it was at weird times. But yeah. um, he uh, he had a T three last week at the Zozo. In case you don't know. Um, but overall, just, I mean, I think, Roy, even at 11.7, I'm okay with that price. Um, you know, across the board, literally, one in strokes gained off the tee, one in par five scoring, fourth in opportunities gained, he's second in ball striking. So I, I just, I love some Rory this week, and I will play him. He was one um, of the seven and, I have written down, yep. And he's been in pretty good form, so I like that as well. Um, I like Henrik Stinson at 9,800. Now, here's the thing. He's coming out. This is an ownership play for me. I feel like there's going to be a little bit of a dip in ownership for him. He missed the cut at the Houston Open. Um, you know, he's played, I guess, mostly exclusively Europe. Well, besides the Houston Open, but I, I just think that this is a week for him to do well. And you look at the history here. Um, you know, he's he's got two straight second place finishes in 2018 and 2017, a T11 in 2016. So he plays this course well. I just I think Stenson overall, and, and look, he's not necessarily a bomber, but he's a guy that's gonna you know he's he, he can definitely score. I think we're gonna get low ownership this week. He's gained 40 strokes on the field in the last five years on, in this event. So I like some Henrik Stenson at 9,800. He will be another one of my GPP plays. My last one is going to be Ben on at 9,100. Now, I'm interested to see what his ownership level is going to be like. And he doesn't have the high. greatest – I think it is going to be high. You might even can throw him in, in as, as a cash play. But I just – the guy has just been so solid this year. I mean, you look at the last couple events. Um, I, I, I don't know why I haven't played him. I, I just – it's like – I'm, uh, for some reason, I'm avoiding him, but I don't know what it is. T8 at the Zozo, T6 at the CJ Cup. He missed two cuts at the Shriners in the Safeway, but then at the Sanderson Farms, he was third. So I like Ben on at 9,100. I think he's a good GPP play. And then another guy that I think is, is could probably be a tournament play, but I'm going to throw a, give you an extra name because I just want to put him in there, and that's Tony Finau. Um, I think he is, again, primed to win here. Missed out with the playoff last year with Xander and did not get it done. Um, but this is a perfect course fit for him. He And you know what? People don't seem to understand how, you know, he's not traditionally known as a great putter, but he is on bent. He has shown us that at the Masters. Like, I think going in the Masters podcast, we talk about how, well, we're worried about his putting. We're worried about his putting. But he puts well on bent grass greens. I mean, I think he's like... Literally, let's see. I have it up here. Hang on. Give me a second. Did I write it down? Anyway, he is a good putter on bent grass greens, so I do like that for Tony Finau. I think his game is just perfect for this course, um, so I think you can play him in tournaments as well, but I'd love him in cash at 9,700. My fate is going to be Fleetwood. I don't know. I mean... I love all the people here in this this range, but I don't know yeah. what's wrong with his game. It just doesn't seem to be right. I mean, you look at the stats. He typically is a, is kind of like the stat king. But across the board, other than greens and regulation, I mean, he's not checking the box in opportunities gained. He's not working out too well in par five scoring, not in ball striking. I mean, he's 29th in the field in ball striking, but in a 78-player field. I mean, you typically see Fleetwood – Top 10 at least in the field in ball striking. 
that's like where he lies. That's where he stays week to week. But his game's just not there right now. So I'm, I'm going to fade some Fleetwood, and we haven't seen him do anything. I mean, you look at those last two tournaments, um, he, he just hasn't played all that great. So, I mean, he's 22nd in the Zozo, but that doesn't matter. I mean, whatever. He's just not doing anything. For a guy priced at $9,900, I want more. I want more than 22nd at the Zozo and 20th at the CJ Cup. So Fleetwood is going to be my fade. There you go. I feel like I've talked for an hour, and it may have been 10 minutes, but I feel like I just talked for an hour. Yeah, I mean, you you, you, you went on and did your thing on that one. I, I got, yeah, that's fine, though. You know what, buddy? You deserve it. You deserve it. You've had a stressful night. I want you to be able to vent. I want you to be able to get it all off your chest mm-hmm. and really explain yourself um, and, and make up stats. Um all right, so you named a couple guys that I had written down. Rory, uh, Byung-Hun Ann, and Tony Finau I had written down. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say I think Finau and Ann are going to be two of the chalkier plays in the 9K and above range. So if, you, if you're wanting to eat some chalk, uh, I think, that, I think those, are, those are the two guys you play. And I, I, I agree with you. I like both of them. Um, I'm going to go with, with Paul Casey. Um, you know, we saw him play. We, we he's got good history here. Obviously, he's a tremendous ball striker. I get a little price break on him. Um, I, I I just think I think Casey uh, could could pop up and be a little a little lower owned at 10k. It is Paul Casey. You know, people like you know. I mean, he, he usually doesn't slip under the radar by any means, but he's gained 27 strokes at this event in the last five years, um, and he just checks every single stinking box. So I'm gonna lean Paul Casey. And then I think I think I'm gonna go with Byung Hun Ann, even though you mentioned him. I, I'm I, I feel good about it. I like the I like the price at 9100. You know, and it feels better to play Byung Hun Ann when it's not a cut event. You're not sweating the six footers for birdie to make the cut on the last day. Um, but he's just scoring really well right now. I think he's comfortable. I think he's 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 I don't know. I just think he's feeling good. So I, I like Byung Hun Ann. But I'm gonna go Justin Rose with my third pick. We haven't seen him play. His last event was on a Europe was the European Tour. We played pretty good. Um, Justin Rose, um, he's checking every single box. I mean, Jay Rose is doing it. He's he's third. He finished third in this event last year. Finished first the year before as a winner in 2018. Um, I think Rose could be a, a lost man. Maybe that's my projections for right now. He could be kind of the lost man in this 10K range. Um, Xander, your defending champ, played decent last week. You know, you got Paul Casey down there and, and Fleetwood and Finau. And I don't know. I feel like Rose could possibly get lost in the in the old ownership shuffle. I like that. Shuffle. I like that. I do. Uh, my, my cash play is going to be Paul Casey. I just think it's it's I think it's a safe cash play. I don't mind the Byung Hun and cash cash move either. Uh, but actually, you could, probably, you could fit both of them in cash because there's a few guys in the 6K that you can round out some lineups. Um, Here's where it's going to get interesting. Uh, my fade is none other than Henrik Stenson. Uh, he was, to me, the easiest fade in this in this range. Uh, now, obviously, the course history is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, you know, did miss the cut of the Houston Open, which you mentioned. But even when I just look at the, the stats, um, over the last 12 rounds that he's played, it's not good. He's, he's not gaining strokes off the tee. He's in the he's in bottom half of this field in strokes gained off the tee. Uh, opportunities gained and greens and regulation gained over the last 12 rounds. And he's 44th in this field in strokes gained putting on bent grass over the last 100 rounds. And, and I, I actually think Stinson, I don't know, I feel like Stinson might get some ownership. Even though 
even though he missed a cut at the Houston, I mean, his course record here is that good. Uh, you said it. I mean, 41 strokes gained in just four attempts over his last five years at this event. So I, I think he actually could get a little bump in ownership. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but we'll but see. I think he's going to be. I think there's. I think, I think he's going to be a little higher up than you think. Yeah. Again, this is such. I mean. God, yeah. Yeah. Just... The, the top. This nine K tier. I mean, I, I literally. Stenson is the only one I could find that that I feel like is you know justifiable. I, I could find a reason. It's just surprising that you don't throw Spieth in there, but the guy's going to be four or five percent owned, and you're getting in a tournament lineup. The fairways here a, are generous. We're fair. They're they're generous yeah. fairways, and he yeah. he has, he puts well on bend. Yeah, and he scores. I, I'm not I'm not going to throw. I'm, I'm not going to fade Spieth. Um, yeah. All right, let's get to the AK range. Spend enough time there. Uh, see, so as difficult for me as the nine K and above range was on DraftKings. Um, I think the 8K range is pretty cut and dry. There are two players here that I like, and it was not hard for me to figure this group out. I'm going to keep going back to the chalky well of Corey Connors uh, because it is just chalky goodness, and I absolutely love it. I will continue to buy into Corey Connors because the guy is just a ball-striking son of a gun. He checks every single ball-striking box there is, um, and he's 45-1 to 1 over on my bookie. This is his first time playing in this event, obviously, but... Uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't really think that, that hasn't proven to really matter a whole lot. Um, he is going to be the chalk, so get get ready for that. Um, but I think my next pick here in the 8K range will probably not be the chalk, and that is Sergio Garcia at eight thousand dollars. We were both on him for the CJ Cup. He finished 60th, and that bummed me out. Uh, then he finishes 33rd just uh, this past week uh, at the Zozo. He hasn't played this event since 2017. Uh, he finished 9th in 2017, 11th and 16, and 28th in 2015. But um, I don't know. I just got, I, I, you know, ownership leverage is what it is. So uh, he, I love the strokes gained off the tee numbers. He puts very well on bent grass. He's in the top 25% of the field in bent grass putting over the last 100 rounds. Uh, and he's 16th in this field over par, on par 5 scoring over the last 100 rounds. I did take a long-term look at par 5 scoring. I wanted to see... You know, historically, more long-term, who does well on par fives? Sergio checks that box. Uh, recently, the iron play hasn't been great, but I'm hoping that comes around. We did see an improvement from CJ to Zozo, so I'm hoping that uh, that, that and a little ownership leverage plus a little price savings at $8,000 uh, is, uh, is a recipe for some goodness. But those are easy two, easy two picks for me. Um, the cash play is Corey Connors. No-brainer there. Uh, and the fade is Francesco Molinari who, you know, doesn't check a lot of boxes on a course that fits the bomber. Not that he's short. He's, he's not that short, honestly. Um, but he's, he, he's not, he doesn't have what I want him to have. Doesn't check the box in par 5 scoring or bent grass putting. Um, iron play has been okay, but it hasn't been what we know of Francesco Molinari. Like, deadly Francesco iron play is, has not been there. Uh, he did have a T6 here in 2017, but other than that, hasn't cracked the top 40. Um, has Francesco. So, you know, uh, I think he's the fade. Well, I like that, actually, and I won't, I'm not going to, so we'll go move quickly through this AK range, and, I, you know, I, sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, there's a need for me to 
compound whatever the word is on the fact that your fate is the same as mine but it's it's the same as mine i don't really have any other reasons so let's just move on same fade for us and same cash play in Corey connors i love him at 8200 i don't know why i faded him a few weeks ago i'm an idiot (laughs) but i did um but yeah he probably is um so yeah i like him and he can play him in cash or gpps um for me i'm gonna play um and this guy has disappointed lately and that's why i'm wondering if his ownership is going to get a little bit of a you know a sort of a downward uh we'll see what happens but i i like some rafa cabrera bello here at 8500 look the guy has just not performed that great lately and i think he's pissing off a lot of people because a lot of people have been on him but you know what you look at his history here he has not finished worse than uh t19 in 2017 he was top five here in 2018 t14 last year um i just think cabrera bello is gonna get you know we haven't he just hasn't lived up to what what everybody's wanted him to live up to lately i think you were on him last week um but 30th in the Zozo Championship, 26th at the CGA Cup, short field events again, not really doing anything. But I like Rafa this week. I think this is a good this is a, a good time to play him. I think you're getting him cheap. It's this is kind of like just the the sort of the buy low, uh, you know, candidate for the week because I don't I mean not the price, but I just think he's, his ownership is going to be a little bit lower. We're getting a, a little bump there. So I like Rafa Cabrera Bello and I like Terrell Hatton. Yeah, he was a guy that I talked about at the CJ Cup. If you if you if you get the if you get the chalk bomb, and you get my players that I like later in the week, he was one that I wrote up. I did not mention him on the podcast, but he was a guy that I talked about in that email that I thought would have a good week, and he did. He finished sixth at the CJ Cup. So I do like some Terrell Hatton. You know, he's played very well recently on. Um, the European Tour. You look at his last several events. He has not finished worse than 18th in his last three events. Um, looking at stats, he's ninth in the field in ball striking. He's fifth in the field in greens and re- regulation, checks box and par five scoring. So I like some Terrell Hatton uh, here at 8600. So there you go. Whew, you're a little long-winded tonight, Pat. Maybe that's why you almost got in a fight earlier today. Were you running your mouth too much? Probably, yeah, I was. Um, <laughs> uh, a couple things to update you on YouTube. Uh, number one, our boy Ben Little has joined. Uh, the Chalk Bomb author and Tour Junkies contributor Ben Little. Happy to see him in the room. Appreciate it, Ben. And then Josh Kissler just said, I'm mesmerized by Pat's crystal clear feed tonight. Pat in HD is titillating. That's a little inside joke from last week. Did we ever figure out the right spelling of that? Yeah, I we figured know. it out on the podcast. It was titillating. Okay, I didn't. Not tent-elating. Hey, since okay. you're already on a roll uh, and I need a refill, why don't you go ahead and hit the people with your uh, with your seven K plays, and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a refill. All right, so I am going to start the seven K range here. We'll start with my GPP plays, and it's going to be Eric Van Royen at 7,500. I love him this week. Uh, a guy that's another just been in great recent form. He's got a win and three top 15 finishes in his last seven European starts. When you look at the stats, I mean, literally across the board, he is just balling out. He's fourth in ball striking in the field, fourth off the tee, 
sixth in par five scoring, ninth in greens in regulation, tenth in opportunities gained. So I think old EVR at 7,500 is a fantastic play this week. Um, you might even look at him in, in cash. Um, so I, I think that that's actually, you know what? He's going to be my cash play. I'm going to go with Eric Van Royen in cash. And then I'm going to go with a guy that another guy I wrote up in the chalk bomb is one of my, my later plays in the week, my sommelier, uh, the guys that I didn't wasn't on early in the week, but I was on later, and that is Andrew Putnam. Now, you're not going to see him really pop a whole lot when it comes to the, the stats. Golly, David, you're making a ton of noise over there. Um, are you doing that on purpose? Can everybody hear that? I don't even know if people can hear that. Okay, well... If it's it's ear piercing right now, but anyway, so Andrew Putnam finished very well here last year with a T4 finish. I like that. Um, he's certainly going to be low owned. Nobody ever wants to play Andrew Putnam, but he's just a solid golfer. I mean, he is what he is. Um, hey Pat. Hey Pat. Yeah. Hey, I'm back. Um, can I? Are you gonna get? Are you gonna? Are you easily offended tonight? Okay, I'm not trying to tell you that you're wrong, but I kind of want to tell you that you're wrong. Only for the listener's sake. For, go. Well, I don't know. What, go, go with what you're going to say. Last week, on average, Andrew Putnam was owned at 21%. The week before at the CJ Cup, 14%. So okay, I think our whatever. days of low-owned Andrew Putnam are no longer. Okay, whatever. I still like him this week. Uh, yeah, you can point. like him. You can like him. I, I would love for you to like him. I, I'm just saying he he is not going to be under the radar. Okay. I just want you to know. I want you to know too. This I was actually for you too. I don't want you to I be appreciate that. Lineups. I appreciate that. Well, maybe friends after don't let his friends t- think that maybe Andrew after Putnam's his T59 talking. last week when he was high, highly owned, people are going to take him down a little a, a few notches. Hey. hey, go ahead and kiss your brain. Kiss your brain for me. That was. That, no, you got to kiss your brain. Yeah, that was a good thought by you. Maybe you're right. Maybe after 21% own, giving a little 59er, maybe he will yeah. be low on See, maybe and actually by, you were ahead of it. Maybe you were already maybe, ahead of maybe, it. Maybe I, I was, was ahead of it. We're going positive here. I like that. Yeah. And here's the thing. Um, ownership is so freaking stupid when you have 78 players in the field and it's a world, world, world whatever, the fucking WGC event. <laughs> Sorry for the kids in the, that are listening. Um, oh, Lord. Where was I? Damn. Uh, you you gave us EVR and Andrew Putnam as your first two tournament plays in the seventh. Okay, area. another guy. Now and I know nobody's moaned about me getting ice. I know nobody is going to play this guy, but I just I can't help myself. It's seventy. What's his name? Like Rory McIlroy? Nobody's going to play him or something. Mickelson. I'm playing. <laughs> You're right. I'm nobody's going to play him. I love him on fast greens and you know the bent grass Are these and fast? everything. Dude, they're going to be super quick. Yeah, they're going to be super quick. Okay. Super quick, I'm telling you. Um, All right, well, that sounds like you're really going to screw up your lineups in the 7K range. Top 15 here two years ago. Look, I think Mickelson is a a good play. I'm just telling you. I think he's a good play this week. I I liked Poulter and Cash. He's in good form. He's got great course history here, so I like him there. My fades are going to be Kiz and Keegan at 7,000. Everybody's going to want to play Keegan at 7,000. But I just don't. I don't see it. It is a cheap Ke- price. That's a that's a cheap price. Yeah. So I, I'm not gonna play some Keegan at seven thousand. Kiz, I just haven't really. He just. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. He's such a wild card when you go overseas. Like he finished second here here a few years ago. He does like a good money grab though, but he, that was last week too. So, I, but I don't know. I just don't know about Kiss, and I, the price is enticing at seventy two hundred. So, and he does putt pretty well on bent grass greens, but I'm just not a fan of his this week. So I'm gonna be fading Kiss. So mm. there you go. I feel like the seven K range uh, suffers the most during baseball season. <laughs> just to go ahead and tell you that right now. Um, okay, yeah, this is a, this yeah, is I'm a basically tough... telling you don't listen to me in this range. Like, just yeah. go, like, especially when David leaves me on my own while I'm, like, he's going to fill his drink, and I, all I can hear is ice rattling in my ear and everything else. So, fade me, go with whatever DB says here. Well, that's a lot of pressure. I, I will say that the, the Eric Van Ruyen pick I was, I was intrigued by, um, you don't see a lot of you don't see a lot of full time European tour players win WGC events very often, but you know I think EVR's got a pedigree that could get it done. He's also at seventy to one on my bookie, uh, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Louis Oosthuizen to start uh, at sixty to one. I I like that value for old Louis. We saw him shake the shake the rust off just uh, just this past week at the Zozo. You know, finished forty sixth. Nothing nothing to write home about, um, but. You know, and he doesn't have a whole lot of history here. He hadn't played here in a few years, but man, he checks a lot of boxes. Uh, always scores well on par fives, gains strokes off the tee, putts well on bent grass, and in the last 12 rounds, um, third in strokes gained approach, fifth in opportunities gained. Always a green in regulation monster. Love Louie here at 7,600. That's probably where I'm going to start uh, tournament lineups. And then I, I and then I, I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to get on a little, a little Hao Tong Lee. I'm gonna pull another. Mm, a, another I like that. Euro I had here. A, he was like the 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 one guy I didn't mention that I had listed. So. Well, he he's played here a lot. He likes this tournament. Obviously, he's gotten sponsors exemptions here in the past. Um, uh, you know, finished 11th here last year. His best best finish was a seventh in 2016. Uh, you know, he's been playing pretty much full time on the European Tour, but he he's uh, he's always been a long hitter. He's an aggressive player. Mm-hmm. And score on par fives, and I do think you're going to get a nice little bit of ownership leverage out of both Louis and Hal Tong. Uh, and and then I'm I'm going to go with Keegan. I can't, you know, you said it was a sucker play, but you also said for people not to listen to you. So, uh, I mean, he's already over there. He's well adjusted. Um, he finished sixth at this event just last year. Finished thirteenth this past week at the Zozo. And you know, Keegan checks boxes. He gains strokes off the tee. His, his iron play is usually pretty good. When he gets hot, he can score. He's at seven thousand dollars. Like that's that's pretty freaking cheap. So, I think I'll take Keegan in cash. I'm rolling with CH3, man. I like where Charles is at right now. I like how he's playing. Um, checks the box in all of your iron metrics. Checks the box in putting on bent grass. Checks the box in par five scoring over the last 100 rounds. Um, this is not his first time. He played here in 2018 for the first time. Finished 15th. You know, uh, not too shabby. Finished eighth last week. He had a T4 at the Safeway. Like Charles is playing really good right now. Um, he's a bomber, so I, I think he fits the bill at 7,900. I like him in cash. I'm going to fade Adam Hadwin, and I'm going to fade Kevin Na. Um, Hadwin just didn't do what we thought he was going to do last week on a, on a, you know, and, and hey, here's a little tip for the listeners. If you're not subscribed to the Chalk Bomb, one thing you missed last week was we talked to a caddy right after he had walked off the golf course at the Pro-Am on Wednesday and he gave us a little insight into that golf course last week that we did not know on the podcast. And I kind of, we kind of picked players 
based on that and then had to change it up a little bit. So I ended up with zero Adam Hadwin after hearing from it. And if you had the Chalk Bomb email, you would have seen exactly what our caddy friend told us. So if you haven't subscribed, go to tourjunkies.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and put your email address there uh, in the uh, bottom right-hand corner for the Chalk Bomb. We did get some late-breaking information on that golf course, and it got me off of Adam Hadwin. And, uh, you know, just a bomber's course. Adam Hadwin, not a bomber. Uh, Kevin Na would be my other fade. You know, didn't play well last week. The Zozo does not have a good history here. No, no better than a T20, but that was in 2015, a bunch of 50-something places here recently. So Hadwin and Na are the fades for me. Anything to add there, Patrick? Uh, that's all. I'm, I'm good. Well all right. Done. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, all right. In the 6K, by the way, um, Louis is at 60 to 1. Hal Tong is at 75 to 1 on my bookie. Keegan at 100 to 1, I think, is interesting. I think that's a. I think something's going on with that. It's um, a big number for a guy who just finished 13th, finished 6th last year, major champion, winner on the PJ Tour. I don't know. I think 100 to 1 to be to be longer odds than Hal Tong and EVR. I don't know. It's interesting. Well, but um, you know, I, I like the I like Hal Tong Lee, who's at 75 to 1. Yeah. I think that's a I think that's a good bet there. Um, just looking at the odds. So I've got a few honorable mention guys in there too that you know maybe in the maybe in the email I'll throw in there. Uh, getting down into the 6K range, I got some guys here that I think I'm I think I might bet as well. Um, I have a guy I think you you're probably going to mention. Who's that? Uh, I don't I don't know how to say his first name, but his last name is Zhang. Yeah, Zhenjun Zhang. I love him this week. What's his name? Zhang. What's his first name? Xin June. <laughs> Xin June. <laughs> Zhang. I think it's I think it's like Zhenjun. Zinjun Zhang. Zinjun Zhang at 6,900. Yeah, how can you not like the, the, the dude, Corn the, Ferry Tour stud? Dude, how can you not like but, him? I mean, his stats all check out. and then going to be chalk. Look, he's probably going to be chalk. Golly, the guy just... The fall swing for him. Fourth at Houston. Good. 16th at the Shriners. Seventh at the Safeway. Made the cut at the Sanderson Farms at, with, at, with a 60th place finish. Yeah, This guy has been on fire so i love him at 6900 you might even play that guy in cash i mean i'm serious he's just yeah. been he, he's just been that solid if you if you check out with your stats your form everything else and you know what he's actually played this tournament a ton yep. as well he's played the last four years now he hasn't finished better than t21 in 2017 but i think you're getting a better player right now so i think that price at 6900 is is fantastic He's literally my number one guy here in the 6K range. And, I, look, I mean, he may be chalky, but I'll play him. I don't care. Well, I mean, we, all, we always know, like, even in the 6K, you can't get too chalky because people will avoid the range altogether. But I do think there's some good value here. I think I think uh, Zinjun will definitely be – he'll be over 10%. Uh, but he won't be like – he's not going to be like 20. So he's not going to mm-hmm. be super chalk. Uh, but I actually love the first three guys. I love Zhang, I love Kurt Kitayama, and I love Bubba Watson. Kitayama is a European Tour player. You might be able to get a little edge on as well. Um, finished fourth a couple weeks ago at the French Open, third at the Italian Open, um, 14th at Wentworth back in September. 
he's he's got some he's got some form over there on the European tour, uh, Kurt Kitayama. So just you know, GPP only, maybe large GPPs. I wouldn't play him in like a single entry or a three max or something like that. Like only in like mass multi entry uh, tournaments on DraftKings or FanDuel. Uh, but then Bubba, like he shot sixty eight, no, sixty nine, sixty nine, sixty eight, seventy five on round four of the uh, of the Zozo to finish 51st. So you look at it and you're like, eh, not that great. But, I mean, in terms of checking boxes, we all know the boxes that Bubba checks. He checks he checks a lot of the boxes. He won here in 2015, like you mentioned, over Tim Clark. Hasn't been back in a couple years. But I feel like this is an interesting spot for Bubba, and it's $6,800. The par-5 scoring potential, the short par-4, He's already over there. He's accustomed to, to what's going on. You know, he's hopefully his gut's right. You know, he's not like, I don't know, like throwing up octopus foot or whatever it is. Um, I don't know what octopus foot is. I just that just came out. <laughs> what the hell is that? Uh, I've never even. He's uh he's a hundred. Do octopus have feet? No, I don't think so. They have just tentacles, right? That's what I mean. I don't know where octopus foot came from. Um, <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Things I never thought I'd hear on our own podcast. Do octopus have feet? He is 110 to 1 on my bookie. That's just that's a lot in a 78-man field for Bubba Watson. Like, that's just a lot. You put a little quarter unit at minimum on that number. Um, Zhang, by the way, 90 to 1, kind of like that. And um, I'm going to go with Kokrak at 125 to 1. You know, we talked about it being a bomber's paradise. Now, Zozo was should have been a bomber's paradise after the information we received from our caddy friend but it was his first event over there you know i'll give him the benefit of the doubt in 2017 he did play here finished 16th but he checks the boxes too off the tee par five strokes gain approach opportunities gained you know and i th- and i think some folks may come off of him after the the you know the, the poor finish last week i don't know we'll see but I, I like coke rack and bubba give me those high scoring bombers that that spend most of their time on the pga tour Amidst a lot of players that play in weaker fields down there in the 6K, and I think I think you have an advantage there. I think you have an edge. I think I would play Bubba in cash. Uh, in fact, I I will play Bubba in cash. So there you go. Hmm. Well, I was my other guy that I was going to talk about was uh, Rack, so I'm with you there. I think I think he's he's definitely a good play. Um, the other one that I, I think could end up being maybe a, a sneaky low end play is Justin Harding. At 6,600. Um, He's a bomber. I, I think he could be a, a decent play here. Um, hasn't played great lately, but, I mean, he did have a seventh-place finish just a couple weeks ago at the uh, Spanish Open. Um, so, I think he – well, he was – yeah, he was seventh at the Spanish Open a couple weeks ago. So, I like Justin Harding. Other than that, uh, that's about it. That's all I got. I do have a few names for the Bermuda. Do you have any names for the Bermuda or no? I do not. I did not okay. have time. Baseball, to be yeah, yeah. To look at that. You were you were too busy getting in a fight. Um, well, I will say this before we get into it. Mybookie.ag is where we go to bet. Where we've been going to bet for three years now. Over six, seven hundred of you guys have gone and bet on mybookie.ag with our promo code Tour Junkies, and they are taking care of each and every one of you. And right now, because it's NFL season, and that's you know it's a big deal, you get a hundred percent deposit bonus. Or anything you put in up to $1,000, anything you deposit over there on mybookie.ag, uh, come bet with us. That's where we bet, literally. That's where we bet every single week. Uh, it's where we put our money. We've both withdrawn from there. We've both made multiple deposits from there. It is a good time, and the golf offerings are about to get lit in January. We're going to have some brand-new golf offerings from mybookie 
So go ahead and get in early on the action. You do have to deposit at least fifty dollars when you get started. Um, if you don't deposit fifty dollars, we don't you don't get any tour junkies credit. So and it doesn't help us out. So just deposit fifty dollars, okay? Let's get on. Let's let's get the show on the road. Mybookie.ag promo code tour junkies. Um, I found a few folks that I like for the Bermuda. Now the Bermuda is a brand new alternate field event. We've not seen it before. It is obviously in Bermuda. It is being played on Port Royal Golf Club. It is very much a resort course. Um, if they aren't playing on Bermuda greens here, then I don't want any part of it. As long as uh, actually, I didn't. I didn't even look to see that. Uh, they probably are. <laughs> resort course, very coastal. Par seventy-one. Get this: six thousand eight hundred and twenty-eight yards. Good God Almighty! This is. I'm playing this week. I'm going. Yeah. To, I'm going to Bermuda. Yeah. I think I can contend. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a corn fairy event, is what this is. Um, 6,800 yards? Yeah, now, there are very, there, there's only a handful of par fours over 400. There's a lot of them less than that. There's, you got your all gettable par fives. The yardage is made up in the par threes. All the par threes are lengthy, so you're just going to need to make pars on the par threes, but then birdie like no other on the hey the if holes. you're if you're one i have not done any research as i've mentioned but if you're wanting to do your own research and not just listen to us um just go check the field and check the, the good wedge players that's all you need to know play those guys and the scores and you're gonna you're gonna win all the money it's not a bad take um yeah, I'm going with bombers, ball strikers, higher pedigree guys, and uh, guys that, that scored in bunches on the Corn Ferry for sure. Um, so to start it off, I'm looking at Sepp Straka and Robbie Shelton at 40 to one each, Harry Higgs at 55 to one, Hank Lebiota at 90 to one, Tyler McCumber, who played really well in the Corn Ferry last year and who's been contending on the PGA Tour this uh, fall season at 100 to one. Seamus Power, oh my God, Seamus, oh, at 110 to one, I just can't quit him. And then finally, a gentleman who I got to spend some time with on our our most recent interview, uh, Mr. Sebastian Kaplan, who uh, I talked to him about what kind of player he is, and he says, "Man, I'm an aggressive player. I'm calculated aggressive. I'm a bomber. I'm a ball striker." Well, here we go, and he's at 200 to one. If you can find an each way number on Sebastian Kaplan at 200 to one, I really like that each way five or eight ways maybe um you can thank me for that one later but i I think sebastian could have a good a good event here maybe it's a little biased because i really like the kid after talking to him for a little bit but um i think that's an interesting little 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 play there you know unfortunately DraftKings is going to have really crappy contests for the bermuda um so there's no point in going through that but uh from a betting standpoint i think you can definitely get into that and and you know probably gain a gain a little bit of an edge I, i would not bet the shorter guy, like even your Scotty Schefflers, like it's 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 just such a weak field, top to bottom, and with it being the scoring fest, anybody can pop up and have a big week. So I, I'm not, I wouldn't touch anybody below that forty to one number. Uh, I just don't think it's worth it. So yeah, that I is kinda, that. I kind of tuned out for a minute there, but I yep. want to mention one other guy that I've liked, and just because I think he's a scorer, and you you and I have met him before, and. And I think he's probably uh, overlooked because because of who his dad is, and his dad is not a bomber or anything like that. But Tyler McCumber at a hundred to one, I, you I think clearly a, did check out because I just fucking said his name. Did you really? Yeah. In fact, I even stopped on his name and I said, "Yeah, actually, a guy who who 
played really well on the web.com last year and is playing really well on the PJ Tour so lately, funny. Tyler McCumber. Literally, out of all the players in this field, I'm scrolling here. Like, tonight, I'm scrolling. Like, that's why I'm tuned out, because I'm scrolling through all the players, and yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting there, like, not listening to you, not listening to you, not listening to you. Tyler McCumber. 100 to 1. <laughs> I kind of like that. So, well, I think that's go. a good sign. That's a good sign. A I good mean, it sign. really is. Yeah. Have so. another one, Pat. <laughs> mm. <laughs> hey, um, oh, man. I think because you did that, you should... Uh, <laughs> I think you should have to sing your Tiger Woods song to celebrate uh, Tiger's, Tiger's 82nd victory tying Sam, Sam Steed. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm about to... I gotta... Hmm. Oh, there's the key. Okay. Oh, Tiger Woods, <laughs> the return to glory. <laughs> ah, Tiger Woods. Yeah, this is my favorite. Was that good? Was that, that good? Was very good. That was very yeah. good. Thank you for that. Oh man, mm. big fan. Tiger Woods, <sighs> love him. Eighty-two victories. He's gonna get eighty-three this year or two thousand twenty. Yeah. Oh gosh. By the way, he think, can go ahead and pick up pick himself for the Presidents Cup. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to go ahead and commit to doing that after every victory, as long as the tour junkies is around. I'll I'll probably do that. I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing we get going. It's like a Thanksgiving tradition. Um, did you create that tweet, by the way, like with my my mouth going? I did not. I wish the... I was talented enough to have done that, but I had to. I had to. I had to contract that one out. I thought you did it. I was impressed, but now I'm not so. No, impressed. I did not. Anyway. Um, yep, it was a good, good, good event. Obviously, uh, he did win a Dyson Bladeless Vacuum Cleaner Trophy, which is cool. Um, other than that, man, yeah, not a whole lot to get to go on that. Um, you guys got to check out the Sebastian Kaplan interview. I'm telling you. Like, I say this before, but but I, he, he's not a name that's going to attract a lot of people, but he gave me 50 minutes. Pat Pat was unavailable. He gave me, like, 55 minutes of just great content. Uh, he's a, he's a, he won the Rex Hospital Open on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. He's from Denmark. He played his collegiate golf at Arkansas. Um, really sharp kid and wide open, man. Like, just an open book. We had a great conversation. We talked about some great stuff. He he gave us a little a little insight into his PGA Tour rookie orientation class that he had to go to, and talked a little bit about sports betting. Um, we uh, heard a funny story about Lanto Griffin, Mark Hubbard, and a, and a and a love triangle there with the Zurich Classic. And I'll tell you, my favorite part is the ready golf moment that we had. Is near the end. And he's yeah. going to he's going to possibly troll Bryson DeChambeau for us. So I'm just telling you, check out the Sebastian Kaplan interview and support him. Go follow him on Twitter. Go follow him on Instagram. Great young kid. Um, just really like the guy a lot. It's going to be easy to pull for him. Um, so go check that out. It's it's good stuff. Also, I videoed that interview. Now Sebastian is not on screen, but if for you YouTubers that like to listen on YouTube. It is now uploaded on our YouTube channel, um, and you can watch basically me, and uh, you can listen to it from there. But Sebastian had me interview him at like 9 in the morning on a Saturday 
after the Friday night where I was with the member guests. Hence, over. one of the reasons that I was not able to yeah. make it. I was in not. I was not in a fantastic spot. Um, I did. I looked like crap, and I, I, I was ill prepared. But because Sebastian was such a good interviewee, he made it easy. So you can just take a peek at that on our YouTube channel. Speaking of our YouTube channel, please go and subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. We need the subscriptions on the YouTube channel. All the podcasts are being put up on the YouTube channel, and every Friday we're dropping a 10-minute best of the Tour Junkies podcast on there so you can recap all the fun stuff, take a look back at our picks, and any uh, hilarity that may have ensued in the podcast world. Um, So check that out. We need the YouTube support. So at Tour Junkies on YouTube. That would be nice. Um, Let me cut you off real, real quick here. Yeah, please you're do. Talking about please the cut interviews me off. because we've done a ton of interviews, and I feel like just in the the history of all the interviews that we've done, which have been fantastic, we've had um, some great players on from, from top guys like Brooks Kepka all the way down to whoever you want to talk to. I'm not saying Sebastian Capellan. He, he's not. Cap- he's Kaplan. A, Kaplan, whatever. He's a great player, <laughs> whatever. But you got to listen to these interviews. I mean, Joel Damon and Gino, great interview, but they give you some good insight that actually can help you with your lineups and fantasy if you actually listen to these interviews. They're really good. And yeah. I, feel like, I feel like they just don't, like, they, they go, they're, they're underrated. Um, there's a Very lot of underrated. good stuff. Yeah. And they know more about golf than we do. They're on the freaking, they're, they're playing in these tournaments. And... The questions that we ask get some good insight out of them for as far as when you're when you're looking at just playing guys. So I just I don't know. I, I think you got to go listen to these guys and listen to these interviews. I think yeah. I think guy. I think we have a lot of DFS hardos. You know, they just want to like listen for the they want to just get our picks. And I'm like, just you're like, you're gonna get you're gonna pick up some nuggets if you listen to some of these player interviews, and you're yeah. gonna be entertained, and you're gonna you're gonna have a better appreciation for the guy that we're interviewing. So. Uh, it, and actually, we got a couple good ones in the hopper that uh, we'll probably be releasing here pretty soon, too. So you want to check that out. Pat, uh, that's all I got. You ready to get into a new segment tonight? Yeah, let's go. Man, I'm new feeling good tonight. tonight I'm is, feeling hot tonight! Woo! It is by listener request, a brand new segment called In Real Life. In Real Life. In Real Life. And what it means real- is... Me and Pat are just going to tell you about what's going on in our real lives outside of Tour Junkies. Again, hey, this was a listener-recommended segment that we thought could be entertaining. Um, Hopefully it is. If it's not, we'll very rarely do it again. But in real life, we're going to try to talk about some things going on. I definitely think we should lead. I don't want to bury the lead. We need to lead with Pat's near um, altercation that happened just just before... the podcast recording tonight. Pat, why don't you hit us with that, and, and what else is going on in your real life? Yeah, a lot going on right now uh, in the fall. This is a very, uh, this is a busy time in my life. Uh, but yeah, so we have the the playoffs um, that are, he- we're heading into the playoffs for baseball. So I've talked about baseball. It's How, old? A lot of my time. How old are the kids? These kids are between 8 and like 10, 11 years old. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe 9. See, Alan is... I think it's probably eight nine. I don't think you have a whole lot of eight year olds playing baseball with eleven year olds. No, there is eleven year olds in here. I'm serious. 
There's a freaking kid. You got Danny Almonte be... on your team? Is he does his birth there's certificate some, say? Not on our team, but there's a kid we're going against on Wednesday that is literally probably in middle school, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, the kid can throw some heat. But anyway, so there this is the fall so we're we're in fall baseball. Like when do you typically play baseball when you start? You play in the, the spring. The boys right? of summer. That's, boys of summer. Yeah. yeah. Summer, spring, whatever. So not a whole lot of people in this league right now. There's four teams in our division, which is kid pitch, and my son's playing kid pitch for the first time ever. So I volunteered to be a coach, and I was actually one of the head coaches in the when it was coach pitch. But now I'm just kind of like, oh, now you're just an a piss on coach. I'm just a piss on after. Yeah. Um, you're so the I'm drunk coach, the, the the drunk first base coach. No, well, I don't drink during during games. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and I get there, and um, Alan, my son, is uh, out, and he plays left field. He starts in left field. And he's he's a decent player, but he's he's the youngest player, one of the youngest players on the team, and he's got a lot to learn. And so he's he was uh, – if, you if you've never been in Savannah, the sand gnats here absolutely They're destroy terrible. you. They're awful. They're awful. Yeah. So he, he was like, I need some bug spray, Dad. So I went to the truck and came back. And, I'm, and so I'm spraying some bug spray on him. And he's out in left field while this is happening. Well, unbeknownst to me, they're doing some kind of drill where he's supposed to be backing up the third baseman. Well, he knows how to do that. But at this time, he, he had missed. He wasn't paying attention before. And then it happened again while I'm spraying him. Well, the coach just lays into Allen about missing this and i'm literally spraying alan with bug spray while he's laying into him and i went the f off and i said are you effing kidding me did you cuss in front of the kids no this is what i said to him on the side i'm so i so first off let me finish I finished spraying him with bug spray calm as it ever the ball is to the fence by that point i don't care so i finished that i walk off and I walk down the third baseline. The coach is right there. And now this is also the brother of the guy that we made the head coach. We let him be the head coach because we didn't have time. Me and another guy who coached the team last year. Well, he brought his brother in who has a son who plays in college. And his son is uh. obviously a good player. And he's coached for 10 years or so, whatever. So I walked back over to him. I said, look, y'all are getting a little bit too intense for the playoffs here when they're four damn teams. I said, these guys aren't going to play well scared. And he stopped me immediately and he said, I've coached for 10 years. I don't need to hear whatever the shit you have to say. And I said, he said, just walk off. And I said, whoa. What? <laughs> I'm going to cuss here for a second. Like, this is like, if you got kids and everything, I was like, whoa. What the fuck did you just say to me? You told me to walk off? Did you just tell me to walk off? He said, get on. He said, get on. And then he said, but I don't hold any grudges right after that. And I said, okay, well, I know you hold grudges because you got mad at one of the coaches from the opposing teams two weeks ago and wouldn't even shake hands with them the following week in a different game. Ooh. So you hold... Your ass holds fucking grudges. I'm going to tell you that right now. Your ass holds grudges. So then, after all of that, my boy, my boy, who, who he and I coached the team back in the spring, texted me. He's like, 
did I just hear what happened? And I said, yeah, that just happened. He's, so he walks over and tells him, he said, that's uncalled for. Can't believe you just did that. So then I'm sitting there by the dugout, and he's behind the plate, kind of th- this guy that I had the altercation with is behind the plate, and he comes over to me, and I thought he was handing me a ball, and he's trying to shake my hand. And so he shakes my hand, and he said, look, dude, I'm sorry. I'm a dick. I'm telling you, I just, I'm a dick, and that's just the way. So I was, I was kind of impressed with that. At least he called himself a dick because he fucking is. And I was like, <laughs> I said, but you don't hold any grudges. You don't hold any grudges, do you? And he kind of laughed, and then we, we played it off and whatever else. But it's just whatever, man. I mean, people get too intense. when it, I, I realized today that I probably don't need to be coaching baseball, and I just need to be the dad in the stands, and that is that is what it is. People get way too intense about – I mean, these are 8- and 9-year-olds playing baseball. They need to be taught the game. They don't need to be focused – they don't need coaches that are only focused on winning. And this is this is this is where I have a, a, dis, a like a fundamental disagreement with where they are right now. I want to win. I do not. I hate to lose. I hate to lose. But when they're at this age, they need more encouragement. They need more coaching than they do winning. I don't think winning teaches you as much as coaching and encouragement does. And I think that's that's like look. And you also learn a little bit more from losing than you do, I think, from winning. Mm. I do. Like, if you're just always winning or you're always focused on winning and things like that, I think you can get hurt at this young age with that. And so I feel like this whole fall has been like that for me with this this, this whole coaching deal. And I've, I'm just – I'm done with it. Like, I, I just don't – I don't agree with it. I think that they need to be – they, look, you can yell at the kids and do whatever, but teach them. You know, they're, they're, these kids are playing kid pitch for the first time. They never had, you know, real kid, real live pitching. They've been coddled with coach pitch where they're just lobbing it up to them or t-ball or whatever. And uh, so it's a fine line, I think. I don't know. I think we probably have listeners who have kids that do the same thing. I think, you know, there is definitely something to be said for tough love. Uh, I'm certainly okay with that. Um, you and I get in these arguments sometimes. I'm I'm a big fan of lifting lifting people up, not not dragging them down. And I don't know. I don't know where that that we falls get into an or, argument. You, we get into an argument because I'm. You think I'm not? Sometimes I think like you you pull me down. Like I'm not. You're not. A, you're not a lifter upper. Yeah, I do. Um, I do. I do. I do. But and I'm kind of that. I'm kind of the one that's like the the positive type guy but i don't know <laughs> yeah i hear you um all right but well, literally we got into words like I'm on glad, the field I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't have to hit him that's good man um nothing like oh if i had come to if it come to blows i would have gotten destroyed he's much bigger <laughs> than me like i would have been on the i would have been yeah <laughs> that would have been great if you just sent me a picture of your like busted face hey man i'm not gonna make the show tonight Got into an argument with my kids. Is it kids? Like you have kids too, but they don't. I don't know. I mean, they play team sports, but it's a it's a weird dynamic with team sports and kids. Yeah, it is. I mean, it it's. Is. I think there's just a. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. What else is going on, man? In real life, what else you got? So we had a really cool Halloween party over the weekend. 
You mm-hmm. saw this you on did. Facebook? You did. Yeah. Very cool. Like, literally. By the way, hashtag have... ban dots. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Pontificate with Pat last week in the Chalk Bomb email. The man brings up a great point, I got to say. I, I'm laughing every week reading Pontificate with Pat in the Chalk Bomb email. But I got to say, I actually agree with you. Dots are a tease. And I agree. I think hashtag ban dots. I, you feel like you're going to get with dots, like you're going to get something as great as Sour Patch Kids, which are literally a fantastic candy and you just get um, shit stuck in your teeth for four days you just get crap stuck in your teeth and they don't it's have like enough glue. sugar in it's them. like colored glue yeah colored it's, teeth glue it's terrible so i think yeah. you should ban dots i don't like ban i don't like dots as a halloween candy i don't think they should be yeah. banned from the country and you shouldn't be able to do them um do them like drugs i say but i just say look get rid of dots i'm done with those um yeah. i had a great halloween party what else is going on in my life um, I got a big green egg. If you're a big green egg person, I got a big green egg over the weekend. I can't wait. If you have any advice, you're listening to the podcast, you've got one of those Komodo or whatever they call them type, uh, the Komodo, is that what they call them? Komodo dragons? No, but the... Pat does fancy himself a, a expert griller, a good griller. So very excited about the big green egg. Um, outside of that, you know, that's it, you know? Big week for my Bulldogs playing the Gators. I don't think they're going to win, but we'll see. Could be could, you know, our offense looks terrible, um, but yeah. we'll see. Could be a good. What about you? I'm interested in, in your life. You you coming off of uh you know you had member guests a yeah. couple weeks ago. We're, whatever. Else. Yeah, we're going to end with this. Um, I'm gonna. We've got a couple big announcements. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop here at the end of this. One of them involving you, Pat, also, but. I'll start small. Number one, uh, I think I want a puppy. Whoa. Yeah. Wait a second. Like, what kind of puppy do you want? I think the wife and I have decided we're going to get a French bulldog. No. I disagree <laughs> with this. Why can't you I can, get a puppy? You can't, you can't get a puppy. Why? Why, why, That's, why do you care if I get a puppy or not? That's a terrible decision. You got two kids and a young, you got three kids with a very young kid, and you just you can't get a puppy. I disagree with the decision. Here's I do my not logic. Here's my. I love dogs, dude. I'm such a dog. I'm such. I a have dog. a I have a golden Sucker. retriever puppy, but he's not. Well, now he's a year over. Yeah, a year I'm not old. talking about a puppy like that. We can't handle big dogs in my house because my kids are too small. But first of all, I'm a dog guy. Second of all, the dog we have, Baxter, is a total asshole. He's 11 years old, and he's a Westie, and he's a, he's a good dog, but he's kind of not. And I I am not I am not capable. I can't I can't be in a house without a dog. When a dog dies, I have to have an immediate dog in its place. And so I'm thinking that Bax is getting old, and I kind of want to slide one in now, so that the transition can be easier. If he and now he's in perfect health. I'm not speaking anything over him, but he's in perfect health. Health. Uh, but and, and I've always wanted another English Bulldog. I used to have an English Bulldog. He was from Ugga Four's bloodline, Go Dogs. Uh, his name was Otis. He was a fantastic dog. He lived to be 11 years old. And um, But my wife hated him. Uh, my wife hated him. So she won't let me get an English Bulldog, but she, will, she likes the French Bulldogs a lot. And they're smaller, and it's still it, at least I get a little bit of the Bulldog face. Uh, and I don't know. I think we're thinking about it. So there's that. Uh, if it happens, it's not happening until like January, February. It's, it's not a bit. They're expensive AF though. If any of our listeners are, uh, that's another thing. Those happen dogs to be are French expensive. bulldog breeders. Hey, I'll I'll hook you up with something. I don't know what. God, 
Um, Bulldogs are expensive in general, English or French or whatever. English or French or Spanish or (laughs) uh, Italian. Um, I've been, you know, I I need to exercise more. I keep feeling that, you know, I just keep feeling the old age. Uh, I'll be, I'll be 36 in December in about two months. Mm -hmm. Um, I just need to exercise more. I feel, yeah, I I got that going on. Um, I, I do feel like I'm on the verge of a golf game breakthrough. I feel like I've made whoa. I feel like I've Big made sig- here. significant strides in consistency. My scores haven't gotten like my low my low scores haven't gotten lower. But my higher my high scores have gotten lower. You know what I mean? Like my 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 ceiling has come down. Yeah. And now it's yeah. a smaller, you know what I mean? Um Can I ask I feel, you something before you go into this? Yeah. Have you are you have you always buttoned the top button on your? <laughs> is that like always been a thing for you? Not always, but it, I I tend to do that with some bad birdie shirts. Okay, I'm just sorry. I get distracted easily. <laughs> <laughs> I just got vodka up my nose. You want uh, me to unbutton it for you? you want me no, to take I mean it down I just a button? <laughs> yeah, take it down a button. Relax a little bit. And, yeah, okay. I just think I'm on the verge of a golf golf game break. I think that's I think that's coming. You know, I had my wedge fitting I talked about a couple weeks ago. I, I just feel like that's coming. Um, but the biggest news, Pat, uh, that involves you as well, that we have not announced to our listeners just yet, is that in a couple of weeks, you and I will be PGA Tour credentialed media at the RSM Classic. Mm-hmm. Way Yay to go us. for us. Way to go us. Hey, Pat, good job. Good job, bud. Um, <laughs> Bang. I think it's going to be fun, man. I'm excited about it. I think these the players are going to love us. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't they? We're um, going to be asking them some stuff that people don't ask normally. Um, yeah. Because they're not DFS slash gambling related questions. and I, I just I'm excited about being in the press room. With Zach Johnson or whoever Kevin Kisner up there and being like, I mean, like, what do you do? By the way, like, do you raise your hand? Like, how do you, like, how do you get your question answered? Do you say, just do a little quick raise of your hand? And everybody you, you, knows. You, you got to do it more casually. You got to do one of these. Yeah, but everybody knows yeah. if you've ever seen. Uh, well, nobody's probably seen the video of me in Paris raising hand, but I'm a very good <laughs> hand. I'm a very good hand raiser and uh, getting people's attention. That way, but or do you press? Video. Do they have buttons for you that you press? A button I doubt it. At the RSM, I, I highly doubt it. Yeah, no. yeah. No. So I'm excited yeah, about doing all that. Yeah, we're excited, man. You know, we for listener a lot. No, none of the listeners really know this. We've never talked about it. A couple years ago, we applied for media credentials to the RSM, and we were turned down rather, mm-hmm. rather swiftly, um, mm-hmm. as they were like, "Oh no, you do with a DFS. quick clause." They they you do they, TF, they DFS and gambling. C clause fifty four point three point dash two. You know, you guys are scum of the earth. Uh, and, you know, we were like, okay, well, see you later. And so we didn't do it again. We didn't apply. We didn't care, whatever. Last year, we get on the web.com um, list, and I think it was really just oversight because the web.com, they, they don't really they look didn't at stuff. They didn't care, yeah. Um, but then when the PJ Tour announced their relationship with DraftKings in the summer, it was like, hey, let's try it again. So we tried again. Guess what? 
we got approved. So it's going to be exciting. We're only going to we're going to be there all day Tuesday and Wednesday, trying to get as much information on the golf course, uh, you know, that will impact our listeners uh, as much as possible. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's going to be a new a new season for us. It's going to be a lot of a lot of good good stuff. Now we are going to have to behave. I mean, we can't go in there and just cause just cause a ruckus in our first time. We're never going to get invited back. You know, it's like it's like going to meet the parents for the first time at like Thanksgiving dinner. You got to make a good impression. You can't get too out on your out over your skis. You know, you got to be you got to be chill. Um, Pat's got that glazed look on his eye. He's just not. I just th- I'm thinking of. I'm yeah, of course of you players. are. You're, you're not listening to anything I'm saying. No, I'm listening to you, but I'm thinking about like like some of the players we we know, like kids yeah, or whoever else. Like if we're in the press room and like them taking us seriously, like we ask. I feel like there's going to be some funny answers to the questions, like that might get out there on like the PGA be great. Tour network. Yeah. So anyway, we'll see. What yeah, they're, they're not letting us take any video of players, which is really sucky. So we can talk to the players. We can relay information back to you, but we can't video the players. Um, we can video the golf course, uh, but we can't video players. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm excited about it. It's a big deal for us. And then immediately after that, after that Wednesday in real life, I am leaving to go to South Africa for the first time. Um, I've never been. My wife has been nine times with our nonprofit, uh, putting wells in the ground uh, for people who need clean water in Africa. So I'm going for the very first time. I always stay back with the kids, and it's always scary to stay back with the kids. Um, But now I'm finding out it is also scary to actually go to Africa and leave the kids behind. So I'm doing that. It'll be a 10-day trip, and it's my first time. It's going to be interesting. We're going to a well site that we put um, the first well on the ground three years ago. So we're going to go back to that site and see how it's impacted those people. And then we're going to go to a new site and put a new well in the ground. And, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So that's happening literally the day after I leave the RSM. I will be heading to South Africa. It'll be, it should be a good time. I've, in trips past, I've sent a bunch of uh, Tour Junkies T-shirts. So uh, I know a few people over there that are rocking some TJ t-shirts. Oh, so I need to ship you the uh, Patrick Reed Tiger Woods shirt. Yeah, yeah. Before you go. Yeah, and uh, a couple years ago. We have a lot of those, and I would like them to get get out of my... Yeah, we do. Um, I... So a couple of the people over there, the leaders over there, I've I've actually met before when they came to the States one time, and uh, they thought it was very interesting what about Tour Junkies. So actually, a couple years ago, I sent a set of golf clubs and a bunch of golf balls and a bag to them, and they've never played golf before. So uh, I'll get to go and kind of hit some balls with them, and it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. That's happening for me right after the RSM. So that's in real life for DB. There we go. Good show, guys. Good show. You did a good uh, yeah. job, Pat. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that show immensely, <laughs> DB. I think TJ After Dark could be could be electric tonight for DraftKings. Are we going to start that soon, or are we going? Yeah, we should start bit. that soon. All right. Thanks for uh, yeah. Thanks for watching and stuff. Thanks for listening. It's a great show. Check out the Sebastian Kaplan interview. May your screens be green and all that fun stuff. Right, Pat. Right. Yeah. Do it. Okay. See ya. <laughs>